this is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. Welcome to Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm Randy Hosman with Becker's Healthcare, and I'm thrilled to welcome Andrea Turner, COO of Zuckerberg San Francisco Hospital, to the podcast. Andrea, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And then if you want to take a second to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background. Very good. My name is Andrea Turner, as you said before, and I am the Chief Operating Officer at San Francisco General Hospital. And a little bit about me, I am an attorney that operates in the space of a um, of the chief operating officer. And, um, and a couple of things uh, I wanna make sure is said about me is that I believe strongly in equity with the social justice lens. Um, I believe that healthcare should not be a privilege, but it should be the right for everyone to experience really good healthcare and in a healing environment. Great, it's good to hear that you have such strong morals as you explore this career and figure out how you wanna leave your impact on it. What are your top priorities right now? So there are three with some um, subset of the three. Uh, the first one is uh, safety and quality. The second is access and the third is finance. And when I think about uh, safety and quality, what comes to mind is uh, hiring and um, workplace violence prevention, making sure that everyone is secure on the campus and of course, patient safety and, and the experience of the patient. When I think about access, I'm thinking more around throughput and turnaround times and of course, diversity, equity and inclusion. And then lastly uh, is finance. And so we're here now in a very weird time of our existence as it as we're thinking about healthcare and COVID and, and long COVID and things of that nature. So I'm thinking about budgetary constraints um, over time in caring for our patients in our community. And then of course, the escalation in prices for supplies. One of the things that I want to make sure that we talk about a little bit is um, about what is happening in healthcare. So healthcare is facing an, on, an unprecedented times with a challenging future ahead. And there has been a mass exodus of healthcare professionals that have left the practice of medicine in a precarious position. So I'm talking not just about nurses, but I'm also talking about providers. I'm talking about respiratory therapists rad techs, uh, lab technicians, and, and uh, pharmacists. Uh, so we've seen a lot of uh, healthcare professionals literally walking away from healthcare. Further, we are all competing for the same resources, uh, so which already compound, which compounds the already existing challenges. And then when I think about like my top priorities right now, I'm thinking flexibility has to be interwoven into whatever strategy that we're thinking about. Uh, the damage of COVID has left us, well, left in its wake, 
high patient acuity. And of course that impinges on our capacity to care for patients and, um, and how we resolve those, it's gonna take us to be very strategic and very flexible in our strategy. So those are some of the, the things that we're thinking about here. And, um, and basically those are our top priorities right now. I see, I think you talking about flexibility and these strategies that you're gonna to have to approach in the coming years leads into our next question really well. Really well, how will your organization evolve over the next two to three years? Oh, that's a great question. So I think we've all been talking about artificial intelligence and I think about reimagining healthcare. Just a few days ago, I was having this conversation with another colleague across the country about what healthcare will look like in the future and how many different uh, companies are actually encroaching on the healthcare space and uh, and why are they doing it? And we talked a little bit about um, part of it is how we how we care for patients, right, in a timely manner. So we will have to reimagine uh, reimagine healthcare and look at how AI is evolving and how it can assist in uh, in the support of everyone in their needs, morally, ethically, and equitably. Additionally, I think about flow and throughput that I mentioned earlier, and I think that is a very significant part of what we need to, to do better uh, in healthcare. Access is important, and when I think about access, I'm thinking about access for all. We here in San Francisco, um, we make it where we have pretty much an open door uh, for everyone, and so how do we continue to do that and do it well where our mortality rates are, are, are low and our access is high and we're giving uh, the appropriate care to everyone that comes in through our doors. And at the same time, as we're working on healing our, our patients, we're also thinking about the wellness of our staff. I mean, we can't do what we do and do it well without our staff feeling well and feeling valuable and um, and making it safe for them to practice. So those are some of the other things that are top of mind. And so as we evolve, we're, we're literally thinking about how to make those things whole for everyone that serves and also who we are serving. And then of course, we're talking about partnerships and uh, evolving uh, the evolution of medicine is coming through academics as well. So how do we uh, partner with academic institutions, which we do here with UCSF, but also looking at the community on a whole and looking at community leaders and other agencies such as the police department and, you know, possibly housing and um, even grocery stores or restaurants uh, to care for those with a whole lot less than, than most. And so Again, looking at it in a holistic way to care for our patients uh, and our community that we serve in. Interesting. I want to talk more about your open door policy that you had mentioned, where you're trying to treat as many people as you can and just mm -hmm. always be an option for them. And then you were also talking about like in police departments, grocery stores, all these other areas of community. Mm -hmm. How are you trying to partner with those areas of the community to be available to so many people? 
great question. So for um, we we do it through different venues. So part of the um, to for the support that we're looking for and we want to be supportive as well, we do it through our DEI department. So the uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. But we also have mm -hmm. a department that works with the community as well. So looking at from a social justice lens, how do we work with those who have addictions and things of that nature? And uh, and so we have a department that literally works on addictive um, addictions through addictive um, medications and such, or not addictive medications, but actually using those medications to reduce the addiction. And so partnering with them with social medicine to make sure that we are helping them to get housing and uh, be able to get um, the care that they need uh, to, to make the person more whole uh, and not having them be on domicile and living on the, on the street. So that's what I'm talking about with the community. And then getting into the communities and, and actually working with population health to learn more about the community and their needs. So ideally, instead of waiting until the patient gets here and now they're requiring all, all the help that they, they need is to try to get the help to them, like go to them where they are, meet them where they are to get the help. So we have uh, different programs to include with um, stroke medicine where they actually get out into the community and learn more about the community as to why this population that we see are actually experiencing more strokes than other populations. So we work to get into those communities. So we're very intentional. Uh, at our hospital, we're data-driven. So we are a lean organization. So we, we use data basically to drive our responses and our strategies um, and all the countermeasures. So for us is to work with uh, those communities. Also, we're trauma level one uh, center and a lot of the patients that come through a trauma center is actually um, gunshot victims and such. And so how do we work with the police department and uh, getting to know our communities in a way where that we can be more of a, a solution before, a proactive solution before it comes down to us saving a child's life because they were hit with a bullet um, that has ripped their body apart or whatever. And so again, just literally getting in front of it uh, and it will require us to be partners with the community to do so. Uh, Dr. Uh, Campbell, who I simply just adore and think um, have such great admiration for him. He's a trauma uh, surgeon and uh, he talks about what a bullet does to the body. And he has been literally someone that I have such great admiration for because he is out into the community. He's talking with, with um, the community about gun violence and such. And he's also meeting with the police department. So it's really, truly, it's not one person that is doing this. It's literally the, the, the hospital, the institution, and all who belongs to the institution that are um, taking this on as a part of of our um, our true north, so it's um, so those are some of the 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 things that we we're doing. Additionally, uh, there are areas of our our city and county 
that is unfortunately food desert. So looking at grocery stores and making sure, helping that conversation to, to move a little bit faster in the direction of um, getting healthy foods into different communities, communities of color, especially. And so we are very intentional. We, we are partnered with UCSF, um, their uh, DEIB um, department as well. And, um, and then making it a true partnership where we're aligning our efforts to, to meet the community where they, where they are. I think it's such a great initiative to focus on preventative health care rather than trying to treat it when it just comes to you and your hospital has to deal with it, rather like trying to get in front of it. I think it would like it also seems like that would help your staff um, face less burnout, just be mm-hmm. more like um, able to deal with what they go through every day where there's not a lot of people that would be coming through if you're trying to get people healthy before they even show up at the hospital. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And many of these initiatives have actually started by staff members, um, you know, actually taking it on. I can think of one person who, like I mentioned about the strokes, like she was looking at the data around um, strokes and looking at the subset of each population that was presenting with strokes and, and the different types of strokes. And she uh, literally talked about what she wanted to do and we supported it and she was able to go into the community uh, and work with that community and um, hand out uh, blood pressure cuffs and show them how to use it and things of that nature. So a lot of, of these initiatives uh, are actually coming from within our staff members noticing that this is a, an area where using the data, it's so overt that these are things that need to be done to proactively heal our community and make our community a little bit more healthier than it is. That's amazing. I'm glad that you can talk so candidly about your teammates, like your team members, your staff, you know, like Dr. Campbell by name, you know, this person who has been helping with um, all this data that she's looking at for strokes and trying to prevent healthcare with that. And it just shows like what kind of culture there is at your hospital where you're taking ideas from everyone and in turn that'll also help with your mission, health equity, where you're trying to like help so many people. Yes, yes. And her name is Sarah Cole. I don't think she'd mind me actually stating who she is. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has been a remarkable partner and and just someone that is exceptionally passionate about the work uh, to mitigate strokes. so I am happy to state her name boldly. She is uh, definitely someone that is a star for us at our institution. And then going along with this theme of your team, what's one change that you've made or with your whole team that has made a huge result? Wow, there's so many, but I, I didn't talk a lot about security and workplace violence prevention. Um, and that has been something that I think when when I think about my staff and the patients, I think about ensuring that we have a safe campus for our our staff to come in to do the work and for our patients to to come and be healed. And so the the effort that has been put in to making our campus safe, I would say that is 
one area that I was so concerned about and still is. Uh, but I remember two years ago, uh, learning about the amount of workplace violence uh, that was actually happening. And workplace violence could be defined as uh, assaults, uh, verbal assaults, as well as physical assaults. And arguably, um, physical assaults are something that is so traumatic, but so is verbal assaults, right? When someone is telling you they're going to do X, Y, or Z to you, and these are patients that you're working to care for. Uh, and so I decided to take a look, a more focused look at the physical assaults that were happening and learning that many of my team members on campus were getting assaulted physically with someone punching or kicking them in the face or in the gut or slapping them in the face or spitting on them. And it it just really and truly, um, it was one of those moments where I had to like take, like literally just stop and, and to try to digest everything that I was learning. And, and then I jumped into this call to action and uh, and having the strong support of my CEO, uh, Dr. Ehrlich, uh, who actually uh, was the first person that came to me and said, Andrea, I need you to look at this, what's happening. And, and so uh, getting the, the people to support a, a governance council that were, we were able to come together in a short space of time and started to look at physical assaults, uh, particularly uh, in two areas, the ED, and um, we have a psychiatric emergency department, and looking at those two areas and realizing how these staff members are coming in every day, not knowing what to expect, that this is a day that they could be spat on, or this is a day they could be punched in the ear or in the face or whatever, and uh, and they showed up every day with, with that being said, and so working side by side with them, uh, enlisting our Kaizen promotion office to gather some data for us and, and to share with us where we need to focus on what shift we needed to focus on and learning about what interventions that we could do in the moment and then what we could plan on doing and strategizing in that way. We were able to move the needle from having two assaults per day uh, to, in some cases, none at all per month, and um, and looking at the the way that the staff you could see the bright light in their faces now, and and they were a part of all those countermeasures that came about. We just needed to understand it and support the the countermeasures, and so by doing so, we've seen just extraordinary results from that. And one of the things that um, I will say that warms my heart is to know that we have team members that are so committed to coming coming here and serving the patient population that we serve. So by doing the work, uh, it was evident to me that we have um, such a resilient uh, staff and we have patients that are really in need of our help in so many different ways. And so doing that, I would say, that's one of the changes that uh, we have made here that I, I feel strongly that by doing the fact that we were able to do this, we can do anything. I mean, there's so many other things that we're exceptionally proud of. Um, 
under the support and leadership of uh, Dr. Ehrlich, we we moved our needle. I mean, we're not where we want to be as far as the star rating. And um, but within a couple of years, when she said we need to move it from to one to two star by this time we met, we met our target. And in fact, we exceeded the target because it was supposed to be by next year that we would get there. And so my hope is that within two or three years from now, we will be, and I know this may sound crazy, but we will be a, a five-star hospital because we're so motivated to do the things that we we say we are going to do. Yeah, it's great to hear and definitely speaking about these goals, making it just a goal for everyone at the hospital rather than just the C-suite for people to focus on. And again, how you're including so many people across your hospital into all of your initiatives rather than going from the top down to saying, we need to hit this, let's do it. You're giving good points of like, here's how we're going to do it. And we need your help as well. Correct, correct. And as I said before, many of the initiatives actually do come from our staff and the frontline staff. And what we do here, we actually round. So our executive staff is is out and about. Um, we 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 have huddles in different areas. Um, it's called the daily management system. And so we go to the DMS boards uh, across our 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 hospital and we learn from our teams, like what are they focused on? Uh, we're learning from each area, where are their challenges and opportunities and what are their achievements? So we learn about our, our, our departments in our organization by going to the GIMBA and learning from each person uh, that is associated with that department what areas of focus we need to be paying attention to. And that also helps us when we're looking at uh, doing our strategies or our organization strategies as to what we need to focus on. So it is, you're absolutely right. We, um, we work together and that includes our UCSF partners. Uh, it includes our uh, frontline staff and everyone in between. So it's, it's great. Um, and I'm happy to be here. The The synergy here is is one that I've never felt anywhere else. And so it's great. Good. Well, Andrea, thanks so much for your great insights today. It's been a fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. I can't wait. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.